This is Are We Doomed, a podcast from Honolulu Civil Beat. I am your host, Claire Caulfield, here to answer your burning environmental questions. Late last year, a group of fishing companies submitted a 490-page document to the State Board of Land and Natural Resources. They want permission to catch tropical fish off the waters of West Hawaii Island and sell them to aquarium hobbyists and dentist offices around the world. But to do so, they need permits. And before the state issues permits, the aquarium fishers have to explain what impact their fishing would have on the environment. Hence, the 490-page document that took two years and hundreds of thousands of dollars to develop. But this month, the state said that the meaty document didn't have enough information to determine the environmental impact of aquarium fishing in West Hawaii. So today, we'll put our aquarium fishing questions to experts. What is the impact of aquarium fishing in Hawaiian waters? Can it be sustainable? And what does it take to get an environmental impact statement approved around here? The yellow tang is one of the most sought-after aquarium fish. Even if you don't recognize the name, it's pretty iconic, so you would definitely recognize these charismatic, bright yellow fish if you saw a school of them swimming through the water. Anybody who's been snorkeling or diving in Hawaii or even stood on some rocks, you can see the yellow tangs glowing through the water. That's Renee Umberger. I'm the founder and executive director of For the Fishes. We're a Maui-based nonprofit dedicated to protecting coral reefs. In 2019, a record number of yellow tang were taken from waters around Oahu and off the eastern coast of the Big Island. And so scientists were able to compare the impact on those reefs to reefs in West Hawaii, where aquarium fishing has been banned since 2017. They've seen the largest surge in yellow tang abundance that's ever been documented. And that makes sense, right? The difference is that the only place that that giant surge occurred was in those areas that had previously been open to the trade. Other areas that had been closed to the trade did not see any kind of similar surge. Okay, so allowing aquarium fishers to catch as many fish as they want has a measurable impact. But what if there were limits on the number of fish or the number of companies with permits? Would that make aquarium fishing sustainable? I think you have to have a discussion about what is meant by sustainable. And for Renee, sustainable means natural. You know, historic natural abundance is sustained, and we know what that looks like because that's what's in about 30% of West Hawaii reefs. So what would it take for the aquarium trade to come in and be able to remove fish from the reef but not deplete those populations? It might only be that there could only be one person. That's why Renee is supportive of efforts to breed tropical fish like the yellow tang in captivity. So Oceanic Institute had a breakthrough where they were able to finally breed them in commercial numbers. It's always been difficult trying to figure out 
what to feed these tiny, tiny little fish. And they've been sending out batches of baby yellow tangs for about two years now. And she recommends hobbyists check out an app called Tank Watch before setting up their aquarium. And it's a free educational app that teaches hobbyists which fish are available that are aquacultured or captive bred and which fish are only coming from the wild and should be avoided at all costs. Although the population of yellow tang has about doubled in West Hawaiian waters in the last two decades, we're going to need more fish to help protect coral reefs from climate change. Because if you have leaching on a reef that kills the corals and algae comes in at a much higher rate and you don't have the fish biomass on the reef to keep the algae down, that's potentially a game changer for the reef and it may not come back. That's Suzanne Case, who chairs the Board of Land and Natural Resources. Whereas if you have a healthy population of herbivores, including aquarium fish, that can keep the algae down it gives the corals a chance to recover and hopefully rebound. And she said one of the reasons the board didn't accept the West Hawaii Environmental Impact Statement is because it didn't adequately discuss how climate change could impact the reef. You know, it's one thing to understand what the environmental impacts are right now under current conditions, but as we know, climate change is causing coral bleaching, it's causing ocean acidification, it's causing algae to grow, and it's changing so rapidly that you can't really use today's projections to understand the impact of taking out an, an undetermined and potentially unlimited number of fish. So as the climate changes, environmental impact statements are probably going to have to be longer than a measly 490 pages. Visit civilbeat.org slash doomed to read more and ask me your own question about the environment in Hawaii. I am your host, Claire Caulfield. Patty Epler and Jessica Terrell are my editors. Funky Jams, courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions. Are We Doomed? And Other Burning Environmental Questions is a podcast from Honolulu Civil Beat. To learn more about Civil Beat and our journalism, subscribe to our free morning email newsletter by texting CIVIL to 66866.